Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And today, to follow up our latest episode last week, where we got into the 2020 recruiting class on the defensive side of the ball, today we're going to go ahead with the offensive side of the football. Uh, So we're going to talk about the same thing as last week, go through the commits already, some prospects that the Badgers have their eyes on. Then in the back half of the show, we're going to have one of those 2021 offensive linemen commits, Riley Mallman, on the show uh, to talk about his recruitment, similar to what we had with Brian Sanborn last week. So a very similar episode on the other side of the football. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's uh, it's uh, getting nicer out after a couple, like, frosty-type nights there. Um, you know, happy belated Mother's Day to any mothers who might be listening. But uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good as well. It was a... It was a Good weekend, and uh, like you said, the weather's starting to hopefully be nicer this next week, and uh, I know some states and things are starting to open up, so it seems like there's uh, hope on the horizon for sure, and it's always fun to uh, think about the college football season and, and talk about that a little further, and of course, we'll, we'll, we'll do that with a, uh, a strong 2020, 2021 recruiting class, so. Let's get into the class right away. We'll start with our commit, similar to what we did last week. And uh, the first one that I want to talk about is, is probably a familiar name. You know, we talked about how Wisconsin does a really good job of making sure that uh, they recruit brothers. Uh, and we talked about the Sanborn brothers last week. And this time we're going to talk about the Benchwall brothers. Uh, in that 2020, Benchwall is a four-star offensive tackle out of Grafton, Wisconsin. Uh, so let's talk about him a little bit. Where do you uh, project him, and what do you like about his game? Yeah, I mean, he, he projects as a great offensive tackle. Wisconsin's been doing really, really good at bringing in some of these offensive tackles. Um, you know, whether he sticks the tackle or moves the guard like his brother did uh, will be will be seen, you know, because there is some some heavyweights in front of him that are a class before him with, with uh, Jack Nelson and Trey Wedig. But, but – Benchwell is a kid who I think he's probably the most athletic of the the Benchwell brothers who've come in. Um, you know, Luke had to just cut his career short, but I think JP has got uh, you know the frame, size, and athletic build that you would want as an offensive tackle. You know, kind of prototypical that what teams are looking for now. Um, you know, instead of going for the finished products of the Daniel Faleles of you know already 300 plus pounds, most programs are now seeing that the kids that go on and become drafted high and have big-time NFL careers are usually, you know, 6'7", 6'6", and uh, are are usually in that 260, 270, 280 range and then are able to pack on pounds, and he definitely can do that. You know, a multi-sport athlete, I think he's He's, he's just the next in a line of, of really good offensive linemen and is really going to be one of the cornerstones to this class. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, you look at this class, it's it's kind of – you know, just in an overall picture, it's kind of the bread and butter of Wisconsin. You know, you look at the commits already, three running backs uh, and two offensive linemen and a couple uh, other players mixed in there, you know, with Deacon Hill. And, and Benchwall, as it sits right now, is, is one of those 
four-star kids along with Malman that's going to kind of lay the foundation for this class. Uh, I know there's one other big prospect on the offensive line that the Badgers are really uh, licking their chops trying to get. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, but Benchwall, as a kid, you know, athleticism is, is good. At 6'7", you know, he's, he's able to get to be the low man and, and drive people around. I mean, I don't know if you watched his highlight tape at all, but there were some, <laughs> there were some plays where he was just playing mean and throwing kids out of their left and right. It was it was incredible to watch, and you can see why you know how a player like him is just at another level at the high school level. I mean, he's a, above and beyond the kids he's playing with against, and he's just tossing kids left and right. But you know, I I also think he similar to his brothers, he's very athletic. You saw him kind of get out in space and can be a strong lead blocker, and plus he's a bench wall. You, you're, you've kind of got familiarity with that family. You're not going to get, you know, a carbon copy of the brothers or anything like that, but you know you know to a certain extent what you're going to kind of get when you've recruited uh, another player within the family, so that's always good. So it seems like in terms uh, of a prospect, uh, a high four-star kid, you know, he's, he's going to be a strong uh, building block, like you said, for this class going forward. Yeah, for sure, and, you know, it kind of jumpstarts us into our guest today and also, you know, another commit who's also a high four-star kid is Riley Malman. Um, you know, I think I think his film and kind of what he brings to the table is just as big as Benchwall, if not better. I think you look at his basketball highlights, and, and he was a high major basketball recruit for a long time before deciding, hey, I'm going to turn it over and focus on uh, football, and, you know, I think the Badgers are going to be a really good one. The top kid in the state of Minnesota, you know, Ben is obviously the top kid in the state of Wisconsin, but he, another kid, 6'7", 270, you know, they're both coming in at about the exact same thing that you want when you're building a prototypical Wisconsin offensive lineman. You, you bring them in a little bit uh, lighter aside and, and throw the weight on them, throw the muscle on them, and, and look out after a couple of years in the program. I, I think Malman's going to be a kid who's who's going to be a force if uh, if, if everything goes according to plan for him. Really smart kid. Um, had had offers from all over the Big Ten, including Ohio State, Minnesota, Michigan State, etc. So he he shut it down early. Both kids did um, early in their process to to choose Wisconsin, and I think it goes a long way in just in uh, making sure that Wisconsin staying formidable along the offensive line for years to come. Yeah, most of them. When you look at you know, last year's class, the the two kids in Wedding and Nelson that kind of uh, really bolstered this class, and then you're going to have Benchwall and Malman a year behind them that, that it's really going to create some, hopefully, you know, on paper right now, some solid combos uh, of the offensive line between the 2020 and 2021 class. So it's going to be exciting to see, and Malman's uh, an integral piece of that. Uh, like you said, a, a very athletic kid. I know he played tight end a little bit before as an underclassman, um, and he played some defensive line, and he was also, from the sounds of it, a pretty good basketball player. So you're going to have a lot of athleticism, multi-sport, multi-position, you know, athlete-type kids. So you get him, you get that athleticism up to UW, and you put some weight on him. You get the frame ready to, to kind of play that position, and, and and I think the sky's the limit for him. And, uh, you know, I know at 270, you're going to look and say you're going to have to put a lot of weight on, but he's going to have his whole senior season this year, you know, probably a redshirt season at UW to to put that weight on. And by the time he comes out as a redshirt freshman, he'll I, he'll look, you know, quite a bit different. So I think Wisconsin's got two really solid tackles, you know, four-star kids, local kids that they've had a lot of success on where you you get both of those guys ready to go and in a couple of years they're going to they're going to look like some really solid prospects for this class. No doubt.
Let's move to the other part of Wisconsin's bread and butter, bread and butter, and that's the running back position. Like we said earlier, uh, you're you're really filling this class out right now with with what you do well, and that's running backs, some linebackers, and of course the offensive linemen. And the first one we'll talk about uh, is Jackson Aker. Uh, he's a three-star kid out of Verona, Wisconsin. One of the three running backs as it sits right now in this class. I know there's been some talk about some guys maybe moving position. Aker, maybe one of them, depending on how he develops. But coming into Wisconsin, he'll be a, a big, strong kid. I mean, you watch uh, his tape. He's a bruiser in there. But what do you make of uh, Jackson Aker? Yeah, I mean, I think Aker's a really good athlete. You know, another kid who who really kind of blossomed once he got into high school. He's he's big, and at, I mean, at six one. 210, you know, he's, he's kind of prototypical, like we talked about with, with Chaney, as, as well as uh, Sanborn in terms of linebacker size, uh, you know, and Wisconsin's done a really good job with these kind of jumbo athletes that come in who are, are known at the prep level as a running back. You know, I'm thinking a guy like Leo Musso, I'm thinking of a guy like, like Austin Ramish or, um, you know, Ingle didn't necessarily play uh, running back per se, but still was a kind of a bigger athlete that you can kind of mold. Um, and, and I, I think Acker is going to probably end up at like fullback. I think of the the talents of the other two running backs, they'll probably stick more there. I think Acker could easily play linebacker as well, or get a sniff at running back uh, if if things uh, if that's where the staff wants to to go with him. But I think if you see kind of what they've done at the fullback position, a lot of guys have come in. As as linebackers, you know Mason Stocky, for example, as well, come in as a linebacker or an athlete, um, and then they plug and play them at fullback, and they and they make a huge impact. And um, if there's a position that the Badgers do a really good job with of sending guys into the NFL, it's it's fullback. You know Watt, for example, another fullback that got drafted and playing in the league. Um, so if he, if he wants a meal ticket. Um, and is willing to do the, the nitty-gritty at fullback, that's probably a really good spot for him to, to land, uh, especially you get him at 6'1", you know, 240 and look out. Uh, I think he could be a really talented kid there. But, you know, he could also be a really good running back or linebacker if, if things go that way as well. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got enough breakaway speed to, to really be able to play either of those positions. I know when you look at the class and you've got three running backs, the, the likelihood of one of them, you know, getting switched or moved around is, is probably pretty good. Um, but wherever he ends up, I think he's got, you know, the size and the speed and the athleticism to to have a solid career at any position. Uh, I think, like you said, fullback is probably on paper right now where you look at and kind of say that, you know, of the three and where you could fit and plug and it work really well, uh, I think that would be a good spot for him. But even if he's a fullback, you've seen Wisconsin give their you know some of their fullbacks a lot of carries, and he could be a guy who's – if he's played a lot of running back in high school, he can still do that and, and give you some options, uh, maybe come out of the backfield on, on, you know, drag throws and things like that. So it's it's a good position to be in for him. I mean, he's going to come into Wisconsin, maybe he plays running back, maybe he plays fullback, or maybe he plays linebacker, but he's got a lot of different options to get on the field. And whatever he does, he's got size and athleticism. I mean, some of the highlight tapes he was dragging three, four kids, so – if he's got the ball in his hands or if he's opening up holes uh, for one of the other guys in front of him, he's going to be a, a solid piece to this class that can do a lot of different things. Really a multifaceted kid that gives you some good options as you you know enter this 2021 class uh, into the fold. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just one of those type of athletes that you want on your team and you figure out where you want him later. Like, it's just, 
hey, this kid is fits every check or checks every box that you want uh, in a student athlete at Wisconsin. The athleticism is there, the size is there, and you can figure out where he can make a dent later on. You know, Leon Jacobs bounced around between three positions and he was drafted in the seventh round and is sticking around in the NFL circle. So if you uh, if you have the raw tools that Lake Acker has, you know, he's the type of kid who could pan out um, at a lot of different areas. Yes, most definitely. I think he's got an exciting future, and I think uh, I'm really excited to see where he ends up at Wisconsin and wherever he does. Uh, I have to imagine he's going to do pretty well at one of those three possible spots. Uh, let's talk about the next running back in the class, and that's another in-state kid in Loyal Crawford, a three-star running back, athlete out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I, again, if you had to switch one of these guys, Crawford could also be maybe make a switch. But for me, you know, out of you know watching his highlight tapes, Crawford kind of excited me the most. I mean, he's he is fast, he's shifty. I mean, there's a few runs where he got to the second level, and nobody could even get a hand on him. And I think as a as a running back prospect, he's he's really got some exciting tools that could make him to be uh, a really good kid. But what do you make out of of Loyal Crawford uh, at that running back position? Yeah, I mean, I think he he brings a lot of really good raw tools to to the the team. Like you said, he could easily play safety as well. But I, I think running back really fits him. You know, he started seeing in his in his tape that he was also able to do some stuff out of the backfield, catching the ball. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of have a, a James White type role. You know, he's not overly fast where he's going to bully you out the gym with his, you know, running a uh, Jonathan Taylor 4-4. But at the same time, he is really quick uh, in and out of his cuts and able to make guys miss and, and kind of has a similar build to White. You know, he's obviously at six foot 190. He's, he's got an inch or two on on him, but at the same time, smaller in, in terms of weight. And I don't, he, you know, goes way bigger than that. If you, you know, if you've ever seen on his Instagram, it's constantly, he's working out, putting videos on that. And he, he's not a huge kid, but he is quick and he's, uh, you know, a tireless worker, it seems like. So uh, he's the type of kid that I think will do really good in Wisconsin system as a, as a running back, you know, especially when you, you pair him with a guy like Jackson Acker, who's more of a bruiser, or a guy like Antoine Roberts, who is more of a bruiser uh, as well. I think I think he could really fit in nicely in that backfield. And Wisconsin needs an extra extra tailback here. You know, usually Wisconsin every couple of years will take two. Uh, I think this this year makes a lot of sense, given the fact that you're going to be losing Groshek. Um and and you're also going to be starting to get some guys uh, a little bit older in the program as well with with a guy like Nikia Watson and uh, Isaac Rendo both you know the same age range in terms of uh, their eligibility. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you you look at the the group and maybe you're moving one of them around already. So take on three and and see what happens and and let them pan out as they develop. And uh, yeah, like you said, Crawford is is a great prospect. You know, with speed and in size, uh, not blown away speed, but fast enough that once he gets going and runs downhill, he can pick up some steam and get moving. So uh, just this pure athleticism, I'm excited to see because we haven't had, you know, Jonathan Taylor was uh, a guy that, that did it all. You can't say he didn't do anything well, but we haven't had a, a James White type player like that, one of those shifty guys in, in, in a little bit now. So it'll be exciting to see a running back of that caliber and a different skill set because when you have Wisconsin, and you have a power guy, a, a combo guy, and a speedster that you can you can work off of. You can get a pretty lethal combo. I mean, the things of the Gordon, White, and Ball days, they all kind of brought something different. And I'm not saying 
these three are going to be that, but there's there's opportunities to in Wisconsin system to use each guy to what they do best. So I'm excited to see uh, what Loyal Crawford can do. And uh, before we hop into Deacon Hill, we might as well touch on Antoine Roberts, our third running back in the group uh, out of Henderson, Tennessee, a three-star guy. Uh, what do you make of his game to kind of combo with Crawford and Aker? Yeah, when I mean he, when he committed a few weeks ago, um, back on the 14th of April, we we talked a little bit about uh, kind of what his tape looked like. You know, he's more of a strider, uh, similar to Gordon in terms of how he has a longer stride, uh, runs a little bit more upright at six foot one. But um, you know, I'm not comparing him in terms of Melvin Gordon in terms of his ability. I think he's definitely definitely talented. Had a really good offer list. Um, you know, not the elite of the leap, but at the same time, he had some solid offers. Um, and I think he was the guy that they wanted all along. You know, they the he was a guy that they offered very early in the process and, and kept going after, even though they had these other guys in the fold. Um, so I, I think it's very telling that it was like that they wanted him. Um, you know, they offered him back after his sophomore year. Um, so he, he was an early find for them that they offered right away. And, you know, I think he's going to be a kid who, who's going to bring a lot to the table. I think you could throw a good 25 pounds on him and and really keep a lot of his speed in the weight room and in a couple of years be you know one of your, maybe your lead back. I think he's he's the type of guy that you would look to as probably a you know a first first and second down running back. You know he could probably help out in third down as well. But you know he's going to be a guy who's going to be your your bell cow uh, potentially. Yeah, I could definitely see that. You know he's got. I noticed in his highlight tape, he kind of had that uh, long stride that once he got out in space uh, and got moving a little bit, you could really pick up some ground because he's got some longer legs, you know, 6'1", can get out in front of people. And if you run in a straight line, he may not look the fastest if he's if he's getting through a hole, but uh, if he runs in a straight line, it is kind of hard to catch him. So I think uh, as, a, as a whole, you know, these three are going to be pretty strong, and they all kind of bring something different, uh, but... Roberts right now, I think if you, you mold him the way uh, a typical Wisconsin running back kind of gets molded, you kind of hit the nail on the head. He's going to be your uh, first and second down running back, your, your guy that's really you're going to lean on for carries and things like that when you when you need a, a bulk of, of a group. Um, so I, I think as a whole, all three of those guys are, are going to bring some exciting. But Roberts, if you look at him right now and where they're at in their development, he's going to be the guy that – if you had to place a bet on who's going to get more carries in their career, I think looking at it, Antoine Roberts is going to be that guy because he looks more like that prototypical, you know, every down running back that you see uh, often at Wisconsin. Yeah, for sure. I think he's 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 kind of like a, a Monte Ball uh, in, in a way in what he can do, and, and I think you know obviously he's he's a little taller, but at the same time uh, he brings kind of some of that same skill set that I think he could do really really good at Wisconsin. Most definitely. All right, let's hop over to the quarterback of this class, uh, Deacon Hill. We've had him on the podcast as well, a great guest, uh, very fun to talk to, uh, had, had plenty to say about himself and his classmates, and I think he was a, a really good interview. So if you guys haven't listened to that, make sure to check that out. But he's a three-star quarterback out of Santa Barbara, big kid with a big arm. You know, I, He tweeted out a video, I believe it was this past weekend, of him, him throwing a ball 60 yards with, with both feet planted, which is impressive for a high school kid. He's got a really strong arm, really 
really big size, and he's a pretty smart kid as well. I know he touched on that a little bit in the interview, uh, 3.6 GPA. And, of course, Graham Mertz is ahead of him for when he comes in, but I think uh, Hill might be a good option for UW. But what do you make of, of Deacon Hill and his game in this 2021 class? I thought he was a really good get that the Badgers uh, identified and were able to get on get early. Wisconsin was in on a lot of good quarterbacks early and had a, a good shot with a lot of guys. You know, they, they turned away guys like Jake Rubley and, and Ty Thompson and Sawyer Robertson because they were like, hey, we really want this kid and accepted his commitment very early. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, they to turn away four stars, uh, they they knew what they were getting with Hill. Um, he, he's a kid who, when they had offered him, had, hadn't uh, even started, uh, been the, the full-on starter uh, at his high school, and, and he really had a huge junior year. I, I think the sky's the limit for him, you know, especially if he can continue to stay in great shape, um, you know, because he's already 225 pounds. So he's he's got to continue to be around that. You don't want to get, you know, too much uh, bigger than that at 6'4". But, I, I mean, you, you can see that he, he's a, the type of quarterback and has the type of arm talent that you want. He's got a huge arm. I know I can't remember who I was listening to. It might have been Steve Wilfong or um, or Hummer with 247, and they said that they thought he had the best arm in the entire class possibly because of, at least in terms of arm strength. Um, you know, they saw him kind of throwing uh, similarly to DJ Ongolele, who is the, one of the top quarterbacks from the 2020 class. So he's got a huge arm, and, uh, you know, if you can kind of take those raw materials and John Budmeyer can work with it, um, he, he's a kid who can who can push. You know, I don't know if he's going to overtake Graham Mertz, like you said, but at the same time, you're going to need somebody to take over the reins uh, shortly thereafter, and, and he's definitely going to be a, a kid to look out for and a kid that you want in your room because he is uh, extremely competitive really smart, well-spoken, and, and a good leader. And, you know, I think he's got a lot of untapped potential because he hasn't been, you know, that gonna, isn't going to be the four-year high school starter. Instead, he's going to be a two-year starter that, hey, he's got a lot of um, still room to grow and, and left of fuel in the tank. Yeah, most definitely. I think you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of size. I mean, you're building a prototypical quarterback, 6'4", 225, and a, a big arm is what you're going to start with. So uh, you add that with, you know, what we talked about already in terms of his smartness and, and ability to learn and, and develop. I think, I think, I know everyone's looking at Graham Mertz, of course, and why wouldn't you? He's, he gets a lot of attention and he's got all the tools to be a great quarterback. But uh, after that, I think Deacon Hill is going to be a really good option. And I think uh, giving him some time to, you know, like you said, he, he has a, when he got his offer, he hadn't been the starter yet. So giving him time to play some more football, learn some more football is, is not necessarily a bad thing. So, uh, as a quarterback prospect, I think he's kind of underrated in this class, uh, but I think as a Badger fan, you've got to be excited about the possibilities of what he can bring to the table. Uh, whenever he gets his opportunity at UW, uh, he's going to make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, and he's a kid whose his rating has slowly been climbing ever since he committed uh, to Wisconsin. You know, he was at like you know, bottom bottom tier three star, and now he's starting to get into the middle to upper tier of three star rankings, uh, according to most sites. So he, he's a guy who had some good camps this summer, and I think would have continued to shine if he was able to hit up some more of the camp circuit. Yeah, most definitely. All right, that wraps up the commits. Anything else you want to touch on just on the class overall or what you make of them uh, before we get into some other prospects that Wisconsin have their eyes on? You know, I, I just think 
I think what they're doing is good. They're identifying the kids in state and in using that as the backbone and then kind of going up from there. You know, and I think really right now with 10 commits, they're ranked 16th, 16th or so nationally, according to most sites. Uh, I think if they can fill in this to be about 20, which is usually pretty standard, I, I think they'll they'll be in a really good place by the end of the year, especially if they can fill in some of the spots that we're going to talk about. I totally agree with you. It's going to be an exciting class to see. And, you know, we talked about last year's the 2020 class a lot and, and how it was one of the higher-rated classes, highest-rated in, in terms of UW and recruiting rankings. And this class has the potential to be even better than that. So it's exciting to see. Uh, and there's definitely some prospects that they're going to try and land uh, to get uh, that class a little bit higher-rated. And uh, well, that will kind of transition us, us nicely to our next topic, which is some of those prospects. And we'll start up front. You know, we've already talked about Ben Schwal and Malman, two great tackles, four-star guy. But there's one more uh, to get, and that's Nolan Rucci, uh, five-star player, 14th-ranked player in the country out of Warwick High School in Pennsylvania. Huge kid, huge get. Uh, of course, his brother plays for Wisconsin, so Wisconsin's definitely in the mix. But what do you make of the Badgers' chances there to land a you know a top 15 player in the nation? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be in the thick of it till the very end. You know, he's he's the you know he he would be the crown jewel of the class at six eight. You know, pushing 300 pounds. Uh, his his older brother's obviously on campus with Wisconsin, which which definitely helps them. I know he's been pretty outspoken that he wants his brother to come join him. Uh, you know, he just turned his list to nine, you know, with Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Stanford, and Wisconsin. So that's that's a flipping who's who's of uh, anybody's recruiting board, and especially for an offensive lineman. I mean, those are the teams that are pumping out offensive linemen routinely. So I, I think Wisconsin having him just a strong relationship with the staff and how many times he's been on campus. Uh, in Drew and I's build a badger, I keep putting him in there because I think in the end it might be one of those things where if you can't go to visit these programs nearly as much and he still wants to commit before his uh, senior year, it, it, he doesn't know a campus better than Wisconsin because they know exactly what they're going to get as if when you're an athlete there. He he was he's basically been taking official visits to Wisconsin because he was able to come with his brother. Uh, he's been able to t- do take unofficials because of his brother as well. He knows the in, insides and outs of the program, and uh, you know I think Penn State because of his mom and dad's uh, lineage of going there it, is going to be really tough to beat. Clemson, I know I'm I'm assuming he's he's really um, into them as well, but I think Wisconsin if is right now one of those teams that. You know, it's going to be uh, a who's who's at the end between them, and I think any of those three, I wouldn't be surprised if they get them. So I, I give, like, the Badgers, like, a 33% chance of getting them, and, but until then I'm just going to keep my hopes up that they'll close the deal. Yeah, I agree with you. I think right now it's, it's probably pretty even. I know uh, the crystal ball had, I believe, it's 75% to Penn State, 25% to Clemson, but I don't think you can discount – uh, Wisconsin's ability to be in that in that mix, like you said, uh, you're not going on campuses right now. He knows Wisconsin. He knows what's going on there, um, and of course, he has family there already, which I know uh, always helps. You know, you look at we've already talked about a couple different brothers that have been playing together in the Sanborns and the Bench Walls, and now you'd have the same with the Ruchis. So, of course, uh, they're going to pick the best spot for them. It doesn't always come down to it, you know, playing with your brother, but that certainly helps, and it's certainly an option. So. I'm I'm excited to see where Nolan ends up. I I think, like you said, it's it's probably split even. 
and they're going against some some big schools in, in Clemson and Penn State if you're splitting down the middle. But I think the Badgers are going to be in the mix. And you look at offensive linemen that have been turned out at Wisconsin, uh, it's, it's a strong list where they can step to anyone and, and compete. So where that ends up is going to be fascinating. And, of course, no one, I, we both hope that he ends up at Wisconsin, but also we hope that he finds a, a, a very comfortable place. And he's going to have plenty of offers uh, and options from from all the places, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how it finishes out. Is there any other uh, offensive line prospects you think Wisconsin has their eyes on, or uh, is it really going to come down to probably trying to cap it off uh, with Rucci? I think just the way that Wisconsin has done a good job of backfilling that position really and really bolstering it these last few cycles, I don't think they need to. I think you you go kind of go boom or bust here in a smaller class with twenty. Uh, you, you probably don't need to to oversaturate it with offensive linemen if you don't need to. You know, if there was a in-state kid that was, you know, another four-star, I think you you then maybe turn to them. But I don't see it this year. Instead, I think you you go ahead and you try to fill in some skill positions that we're going to talk about later. Um, and instead of you know continuing to bring an offensive lineman when you've got all these four and five stars, there's only five guys that are going to be playing it on a given time on the field. So it do, it doesn't make sense to bring in five back to back classes or you know five five and three or anything like that. So might as well shoot for the moon and, and kind of boom or bust it if you're uh, Joe Rudolph. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think that that looks like the way it's kind of taken shape. Uh, and like you said, you've got a lot of solid players between the last couple classes on that offensive line. So. If you can land that one more big one, of course you're going to. But other than that, uh, it sounds like Wisconsin's pretty, pretty, you know, in a good shape with what they've gotten there, and they're happy with the classes that they put together these last couple of years on the line. Uh, let's move to quarterback and running back, the other two that we've already kind of talked about. You've already got a quarterback in this class, and you've got three running backs that are currently committed. Um, so I would have to guess. Uh, we've talked about this a little already, but. These positions are probably filled for this class. Do you agree or disagree? Because I don't, I don't, I know there's some position moving around. I know Crawford, they said, could maybe, you know, play in the secondary. I know we talked about Aker already playing at linebacker or fullback, but I have to imagine, despite if they're moving around, that they're probably done at these two positions as well. I would have to think so. You know, I, I think. Unless a guy like Donovan Edwards wants yeah. to, like, all of a sudden makes a phone call and is like, hey, I really want to come to Wisconsin, <laughs> which I don't see happening because he's, he's got his pick of the litter uh, across the country and, and he's kind of one of the top-tier guys. I don't think you, you do anything. I think they're in a good spot within those positions. You know, they brought in Daniel Wright as a walk-on last year. I think that was a good move to have a walk-on um, quarterback. I think that helps kind of uh, – fills kind of the practice reps that you're going to need once next year happens when you're losing a couple quarterbacks. So I, I think it's definitely uh, they're in a good spot with both those positions moving forward. Yeah, I, I think you have to be you know cognizant of other players out there that if all of a sudden they switch to Wisconsin, you'll, you'll make room and, and figure it out. But right now, I, I'd have to agree with you. I, I think, like we've already talked about, Hill is a very solid quarterback prospect. I, I like all three and what they've got at running back. So I think Wisconsin's happy to to sit back and, and of course, kick the tires on any opportunities if, if they come around. But right now I think they're pretty set with the three guys that they have at those uh, positions. And, and similarly, as we kind of transition to the wide receiver tight end spot, not a lot uh, of conversation about that in this class. But at the same time, Wisconsin did take three wide receivers and, and two tight ends in 2020, so not – 
all that surprising, but do you see anything kind of shifting at those two positions? I think the Badgers still really want to take a tight end for sure. Um, you know, I, I know they're high on Jack Poo and that he's really high on the Badgers. Um, you know, he's has the Badgers within his top uh, six with Cincinnati, Indiana, Michigan, uh, Penn State. Um, I, I think Wisconsin's probably in the driver's seat based off of what we heard from a couple of prospects now. Uh, if you listen to the, the past uh our past podcast when Sanborn was talking about a tight end prospect, that's who he's talking about, that he's been in communication with him. I know that uh, uh, when we talked with uh, Deacon Hill, he had also mentioned him by name, that he was reaching out to him. So I, I think Wisconsin will probably take a tight end or two. They're also um, in, in the mix on a couple other guys like like uh, um, Terrence Ferguson and Gunnar Helm. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think Wisconsin is, is trying to prepare just in case uh, – um, Ferguson has a huge year and, and leaves earlier or something like that happens. Um, and they don't want to get into a position where you're you're not having the practice tight ends that they ran into at the fall of last year. So I could see them taking two there. But I think if they could get, like, um, Jack, you know, a big tight end, that four-star kid out of Ohio, that they'd, you know, run to the bank with that. Um, but then at wide receiver, it's, I think, just the fluidity of everything after um, – Gilmore left. They kind of put Elvis Witted in a tough position. Um, Jalen Noel just dropped his top two, and Wisconsin wasn't included. Um, you know, and that's just because you, you completely shifted the uh, relationships he had. Skylar Bell is probably going to end up at Iowa. It sounds like you know that kid out of Connecticut that they just offered. Um, it, I don't really look at who they've offered and feel real confident with anybody in the wide receiver room. Um, as of right now, uh, so I would anticipate that there'll be more offers that go out, and and Wisconsin will continue kind of poking away at that. And probably I would think maybe two wide receivers would make a lot of sense. You know, you brought up they brought up brought in three last year, but at the same time you're you're losing four seniors. You know, I know that two of them are on scholarship, but that's that's a, that's a lot of catches that are going to be gone next year, and they're going to need guys, especially when you have. Other players like Emmett Perry and Kate Green, who haven't really um, seen the field that much and are upperclassmen, you, you need some young, youth, youthful guys to come in there and hopefully fill those positions later on. And um, So I think Wisconsin will be okay. I think they'll end up, if I had to bet, I, I think Wisconsin will end up getting a really talented wide receiver, like a, a, like a high three, low four star kid eventually. Uh, but fans should just be patient because Elvis Witt had just got on campus trying to get everything figured out. You've got, you know, the coronavirus. I mean, it's just a it's a perfect storm for uh, that position. It makes it really hard to go toe-to-toe in recruiting when you're just starting your relationship, you know, six months behind everybody else or uh, for many of these kids a year behind everybody else. Yeah, most definitely. That's the biggest part. You know, you can't read into it too much with uh, the, the, this 2021 class in terms of receiver. Like you said, it's not going to be anything – uh, they, hopefully they can land a couple, but there's nothing going to be huge. But thankfully, you know, you landed a few in that 2020 class. You get a couple maybe here in 2021 that you can make sure you have enough guys, you know, on the depth chart and in the roster to, to fill some spots in terms of practice reps and things like that. And then hopefully by then you have an established, uh, you know, relationship in, in that 2022 class where you can maybe go after some guys uh, and, and patch it together. It's not like you have to land a certain number of positions every single year in terms of recruiting. So I think despite everything that's going on, Wisconsin's still going to be in a a pretty solid spot at the receiver position. And 
You know, we talked about Jack Pugh already in terms of the tight end position. I think he's going to be a solid prospect in Wisconsin's definitely. Uh, you know, I know there's some other schools in the mix, but it sounds like Wisconsin in terms of the crystal ball predictions, are, they're pretty high up there. Uh, so right now this class kind of shapes up nicely. There'll be a few other pieces to try and get, but overall right now it, it looks pretty good. Uh, anything you want to touch on in, in terms of the offensive side of the football in this recruiting class before we get into our interview with Riley? No, I think that does a good job of kind of summatizing everything. I think Wisconsin's in a good spot, but like we said, they've got like 10 more spots available. You know, I, it's going to be a smattering from the offense, smattering from the defense. But I think it's been good that they kind of got an early start on things and are in a a good position for some of their defensive talent. It allows them to really focus in on, you know, a position like wide receiver where you it's kind of in flux and you need to kind of throw some more darts back out there. So I think Wisconsin's in a good spot, especially if they can fill up a tight end here um, this summer and, and then they can focus in on the wide receiver position, at least offensively. Yeah, most definitely. All right, guys, well, that wraps up our recruiting breakdown for the 2021 class on the offensive side of the football. If you didn't listen to the defensive side of the ball, uh, go back and check that one out. It was uh, a very similar episode, but a lot of fun to give you guys an overall and in-depth look at this 2021 class. Stick with us now after a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get into our interview with one of these prospects and Riley Malman from the 2021 class. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a very special guest. We've focused on this 2021 class a lot over the past couple episodes, and we now welcome another member of that class, Riley Malman, a four-star offensive tackle out of Lakeville, Minnesota. Uh, we've talked about him and the rest of his classmates uh, on the show already, but Riley, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. All right, well, let's hop into some questions. Um of course, there's a lot of strengths in your game. Uh, you know, four-star recruit. Everybody can can see the the potential there. But what do you feel are are some of the strengths for yourself? Um, I mean, I think my athletic ability is probably uh, high end uh, compared to other people in my position. Like I was playing tight end for a couple of years in high school, so I think it really helped me translate well. And my athletic ability is kind of top notch. So that's one thing that definitely helps me. I think my just drive and competitiveness also helps me a lot. A big strength of mine. Yeah, I mean, your athleticism definitely jumps out on, on, on your film and as well as, like, on the basketball court. Um, mm-hmm. On the flip side, where do you look – where are you looking to improve as you enter your senior year of high school? Um, I mean, I'm just trying to look to improve on my technique. I mean, you can always get better than that and bigger, faster, stronger. Like, just hit the weights and stay in the weight room. That's all – that's really my, my kind of my big focus this year. Well, we've kind of talked about it a little bit already, but you mentioned, uh, I know you played defensive line and tight end as, as well as basketball. I was reading a couple articles. It sounds like basketball was kind of one of your first loves as well. Did you play any other sports, and, and do you, how do you feel that these sports kind of helped your game on the football field? Um, I mean, I played baseball when I was younger, but that was kind of, kind of younger. But, I mean, I think basketball has definitely helped with my footwork and definitely conditioning, athleticism. Like, I was playing the whole games. 
for football, I mean, and I think that basketball shape def- definitely uh, came in handy and uh, helped me sail through the whole time and not really get tired at all. So, I mean, it, it's definitely uh, all the sports and all the stuff that I do, it all helped me uh, bring me to the player I am today. Very cool. Um, you know, on your most of your profiles, you're listed at kind of 6'7", 270. Where are you at in terms of weight-wise? I know, I know you're probably starting to, to, to fill out further as kind of uh, the year's gone on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I don't know why I always say 6'7". I'm a little taller than I'm like 6'8", six, 6'8 eight, six, eight and a half. So I don't know why I get short in that area. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like 275 right now. I mean, it's kind of been fluctuating, but it's kind of usually around 275 is my weight. In terms of your visit, I, I believe you visited for the Michigan game last year, which was probably as electric of an atmosphere as you can ask for. Um, so how did your visit go uh, in that game, and, and what did you like about Madison and UW? Um, I mean, whenever you can get back to Madison, it's always awesome for me. I've, I've always loved it there. I've been there quite a bit, and it never disappoints. I mean, when I went there that time, I mean, it's always nice to see the coaches again, and I mean – and but it really put it over the top just the game. I mean they played Michigan and they're pounding them, so it was great to see that the atmosphere, the fans going nuts. Oh, it was a great day. And I actually committed the, that night, so I mean it had a big influence <laughs> on me. Glad I did. Yeah, I mean you committed to Wisconsin over significant interest from a lot of other Big Ten powers. You know, uh, in-state Minnesota, Michigan State, Iowa, Ohio State. Uh, ultimately, what was it about Wisconsin that made you kind of shut things down early and know that it was the right place for you? I mean, first of all, I just love the coaches at Wisconsin. I mean, I really, I really feel like I know them and have a better connection there than I do anywhere else. And definitely the, also the tradition they bring with the offensive line, but just in general traditions um today it's really top notch it's almost a, it's above all it's just a great place to be and it was my perfect fit so I'm just glad glad it worked out between us Yo, you love to hear that you love to you know uh, a perfect fit is is nice to hear out of a prospect's mouth and I'm glad uh in that regard and of course Wisconsin has has done a great job you know you look at the success of of recruiting offensive line prospects like yourself mm-hmm. a couple others from this 2020 class and of course a long line of history with that how excited are you, be jo- are, are you to be joining a program that, that, that has had that strong history of success at, at those positions? Oh, I mean, I'm super excited. I mean, the room in there is so talented. The offensive line room is so talented there, and the coaches are so talented. They all know what they're doing. They're definitely top line. So, I mean, once if I get, I feel like if I get the chance to learn from that and be in that room, it's just going to excel my game so much. Yeah, I mean, kind of – Talking about that, your your future offensive line coach is Joe Rudolph. Um, he's probably one an integral part of your recruitment. Uh, what's your re- relationship like with him, and, and what's his message been to you kind of all along here? Oh, I mean, yeah, me and Joe definitely talk a lot. We call, like, once a week, every other week. So, I mean, we definitely uh, stay in touch. Yeah, he's just telling me. He's really just saying um, don't focus too far in the future right now. Just kind of have fun with what you're doing. And he's just excited that I'm part of the heart, a part of the team now, and he can't wait to get me up there. Well, that's a great answer. You know, uh, the Badgers have have had been off to a great start in the 2021 class. Um, are there any uncommitted players that that you've gotten in, in kind of contact with to try and and help on that recruiting pitch to get them to Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, I think T.J. Bowler is a big one, and uh, Daryl Peterson. I was both outside linebackers. I mean. I think they're pretty close. I mean, <laughs> doesn't take uh, much convincing to really get them interested in Wisconsin. So I'm um, just trying to talk to them a little bit, uh, build a relationship. Definitely, uh, hopefully, you can uh, 
just uh, tip them over and start leaning them towards one way or the other. So, For sure. You know, they're both uh, high-level prospects that Wisconsin's been all over as well. Um, you know, back to you personally. You were recently selected to participate in the annual All-American game, you know, one of the premier camps for players across the country. Um, you know, first off, congrats on that. But what all are you hoping to gain from it, and what does it mean to kind of earn that recognition? Well, I mean, it means a ton. I mean, that is – it's no joke. It's really the top players from all around the country. So definitely uh, for me, it's just I'm excited to get some competition. I mean, the Minnesota competition sometimes can be lacking a little bit in there at that area. It's definitely not known for uh, big football powerhouses. But So I'm just excited to play against the best and uh, really see uh, get out there and compete and see how I fare against them. Uh, and kind of to wrap things up, uh, is there any other last message you want to leave Badger fans with uh, today? Um, not really. I'm just excited to be a Badger and can't wait to get there in about a year and a half. Riley, we appreciate it. That was uh, it was great talking with you. We're looking forward to having you be part of you know Wisconsin football, a strong legacy of offensive linemen. And again, we appreciate you joining the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, Badger fan, that wraps up our interview. We'll be back with you later in the week on Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you.